a production of WordSouth, a content marketing company. Story Connect, the podcast, helping communicators discover ideas to shape their stories and connect with their customers. What are some things the marketing department should consider when planning for a disaster? That's what we'll be talking about on this episode of Story Connect the Podcast. My name is Andy Johns. I'm your host from Word South, and I'm joined today by Megan Mikowski, who's a marketing manager at Mosaic Telephone uh, up in Wisconsin. So, Megan, thanks for joining me. You're welcome. I guess this podcast so far has been brought to you by the letter M. So we've got a lot. Megan Mikowski <laughs> from Mosaic. She's a marketing manager. We just got M's everywhere. Um, but thanks again for joining me. So Megan and I were supposed to get together to do a podcast at the um, uh, NTCAPR and marketing conference in Nashville. Um, I apologize that I, I missed her when we were going to record live. So I did want to be sure to get uh, Megan on the, the phone here uh, to talk about her session that she was a part of a panel um, at the conference conference there in Nashville. So uh, sorry to miss you then, but I'm glad that you're able to uh, join me today. Absolutely. So you were on a panel. Um, it was you and Denise from ITS at uh, Indian Town down there in Florida. Um, but your topic was PR and marketing considerations in disaster planning. And that happened, like I said, at the NTCA PR and marketing conference. Um what was the, um, I guess, kind of when you guys got started, what were you thinking um, in terms of where the discussion uh, would go just as far as getting a bunch of marketing folks together to talk about disaster planning? Yeah, so the initial discussion was how can the marketing department, you know, get ingrained in preparing for disasters as well as post or during disasters and post-disasters, um, the different ways that um, you can make the chaos a lot better. Sure, that's a good way to a good way to say that, uh, just to make the chaos a little bit better. Um, what were now? I guess we could talk about the the disaster um, that you guys were referencing in particular. I'm guessing Denise down in Florida, hers was probably a hurricane, but I'm guessing that yours up in Wisconsin was probably not a hurricane. <laughs> Correct. Uh, no hurricanes up in Wisconsin. But we did have um, almost a year ago, so it was May 16th of 2017, we had an EF3 tornado that came through our area, taking out the area trailer park, as well as 84 miles um, worth of land, um, which concluded in about $12 million in damage. And for us, Mosaic got activated as the Red Cross Shelter. Okay. And what does that mean to be activated as the yeah. Red Cross Shelter? So prior to the tornado, about seven months, eight months prior, we signed up to be a Red Cross Shelter um, with the county and the Red Cross. And they told us, um, all you'll have to do is just open your doors. So we joke about it now because that was far from the case. Um so the Red Cross Shelter, it was our training center was going to be kind of for the Red Cross after disasters, they come in. Usually they occupy churches, schools. Um, it's somewhere for the victims to come, the families um, to get anything that they need. Um, but in our case, we kind of took the hands-on approach and um, we were active in all aspects of the aftermath. Okay. Now, about how many people um, were affected by the, the tornado? Did you have a rough estimate? Yeah, I don't know. 
people, but I can tell you there was, I believe it was 55 trailer homes that were in that park that had some kind of damage, but I believe it was about 280 homes total across the county Oh wow! that so, had some kind of damage to it. But majority was in the trailer park um, that was devastated. Okay. So that's a significant number uh, of folks for sure. Um, so when you, um, so obviously you guys, uh, you know, doing the right thing, um, being the, the Red Cross shelter there, uh, but how does, how does marketing or maybe PR come into, um, come into something like this? How does that factor in? Yeah, absolutely. So when we decided that we were going to be more hands-on than what the original agreement was, we were there day and night uh, for about a week and a half. So we had someone, um, down in the shelter area, uh, the Salvation Army, we had the mark, um, we, our garage turned into the donation center. So we had all of these different people and groups coming into our facility in and out um, to serve the people who were victims of the storm that we had to provide manpower while also on the second hand, we had our own um facilities that we had to take care of um, and run our business like usual. So on our aspect, it was manpower, but also if you have that many people coming in and out of your building and we, with the donations and we had people dropping stuff off, we had to do, we had a man in our social media and PR because people assume that everyone in our building is our employees. Um, and, People were calling and asking us questions of how they can help, what they can do, where to where to bring things, um, complaints about things that were happening in our building, that sort of thing. Okay, so a lot of that, a lot of it was commu- yeah. communication, communication efforts. Just to... that was a long <laughs> explanation for communication. Yes. No, that's good, and that's something that that I hadn't really considered. So, how much of of what happened uh, after the tornadoes? How much of that had you guys kind of scripted out or planned out at least to some degree and then how much of it was just kind of completely um you know flying by the seat of your pants and and figuring it out as you guys went along about 99 percent was flying by the seat of our pants so we had our we had our own disaster recovery plan so we know like if our facilities go down or um different things that we do you know if there's a disaster at our facility we never took into account being the Red Cross shelter, how that would look and for our community. So it was 100%. Here's what we need to do right now, and we'll figure the rest out as it comes. Okay. And, you know, I, I, I'm hesitant to even talk about anything, um, you know, and we'll not talk about anything in terms of return or anything like that. But has, oh, no, have, have, a- you, have you noticed any kind yep. of... PR bump or has it has has something like that changed people's perception of you guys in the community yeah I mean we're from a a relatively rural area so people like our employees were impacted by this tornado like they lost a lot our neighbors our community members so it everybody knows everyone where we're from so it's you're helping your neighbors and your fellow co-workers and it wasn't uh, we're doing this for PR or we're, we're doing it because it's the right thing to do. And in return, um, we had so much media here at our office that um, 
we got recognized by the different chambers. Eventually, we had people walk in our door a couple days after that were business, a business owner who said, I don't know how much it'll cost for you to get me services, but what you did for my family and friends, I want you to be my internet provider. So do whatever it takes. So we had some of those type of stories that came out of this. Wow. I mean, that's, you know, you focus, like you said, on doing the right thing, but it's always nice when there is, uh, you know, some kind of benefit or when people recognize what, what it is that you've, you've done. Yeah. So was it, how did you guys walk that line? Because again, that's a complicated one when, if you guys are putting in the effort and the resources that you guys put into it, you want to kind of, you know, beat your chest a little bit and say, you know, Hey, we're doing great stuff. But at the same time, you also don't want to be perceived as trying to take advantage of a situation or anything. So did you guys struggle to, to walk that line at all? Or what was your philosophy kind of, um, you know, to set the tone, I guess, in the conversation? Honestly, in the midst of everything that was happening, we didn't even think about it, or I at least did not of capturing the different things that we did. Um, Thankfully, though, uh, we had so many other organizations that were documenting what happened and taking photographs. And, you know, we had the media here. So we kind of let them speak for us in a way. Looking back, it would be nice if we would have capitalize on it a little bit more just so that we had that education tool going forward of here's what we did here's what we would do differently um more of educating other communities on the process that we did uh we did it afterwards a lot but not during so we kind of let the media do the talking for us if that makes sense but Sure. I had three, I had three questions left and you kind of touched on all of them um, in that answer. So that's great. But let's talk about the media. So when you've got, yeah. you know, when, when something like that happens, you've always got the, the camera, um, you know, the news van showing up and mm-hmm. uh, the print reporters, all that. So did you guys, in terms of uh, you guys at Mosaic there, did you guys have, uh, um, you know, any, any rules or any kind of ways that you dealt with getting information out to the media or were, was most of the information coming from other organizations that just happened to be at your building? Correct. So most of the media or the press releases were coming from other organizations. So our county department of human and health services and the sheriff's department were the ones who were releasing most of the information. However, we were using our outlet to distribute the, it as well. Um, we did learn that communicating within our community, or we realized how important it is for us to communicating what was going on in the training center or where all of the Red Cross shelter was to the rest of our employees was so important because people would see our name in the paper or our logo behind the backdrop of wherever the news was shooting. And they would start calling our sales team asking questions. So that's something that we learned was educating our sales team. Here's what to say. Don't talk to a reporter. You can't go on record. That type of things as well. No, that's, and that's excellent because you, um, yeah, as somebody who used to be in the news business, um, you know, they're, they're looking for anybody who will talk to them. And so Mm -hmm. definitely to have the message, one unified message coming from the right place is what you want. Yeah. A couple of other things. Now, you would like to think that in time of a disaster, um, everybody's going to be um, focused on the folks that are affected the most. But uh, were there, um, you know, I'm sure there are always folks who, um, 
how it affects them would be something like an internet outage or a TV service outage. Did you guys have a lot of network damage? And if so, how did you guys communicate about what was down and and the, the process of getting it back up? Yeah, absolutely. So we did have quite a bit of facilities that were out of the ground. Um, however, we were able to get all of our facilities, at least our DSA is up and going um, within 24 hours. So if they had power, or they had no damage to the drops, they were able to get services. But yes, that is always fun when people call in because their TV doesn't work, but they don't have power. We get quite a few of those. Oh, wow. But yeah. We had, um, we would communicate on Facebook. So majority of our communication during the storm was, here's our, our buildings open to these people. Here's the sheriff's department's press release. If your services are out, we do have a after hours call center that's open 24 seven. So they handled a lot of our communication with our customers. Okay. Now, the last thing that I had for you, um, and it's the way that we wrap up a lot of the podcasts on here, but um, yeah, hopefully um, nothing like this will ever happen again anywhere close to you guys. Um, but are there are there things that you learned through this process that you have put in place or are going to put in place to be more prepared to do, to do things differently uh, going forward? Or would there be advice that you have to folks who may not have experienced a disaster like this and, um, you know, just some things that you didn't expect, but you learned from or things along those lines uh, that you can pass on for other folks? Yeah, absolutely. So one of the things that we had in place that we we're very thankful for is being open to unexpected partnerships. So we have a trust within the community with our sheriff's department and our county government that made this work so well that they could call us, trust us to handle it until they were able to get here. Um, so that was something. So building those relationships within your community prior. Um, and then also, I think using social media as a tool, that's what people are going to. So, you know, even if it's just sharing the press releases from uh, the disaster of what's going on and having the most accurate information, um, coordinating with the people who are running, whatever it is. But that was um, a tool that we definitely would use in, again. And now we also know how chaotic it can be so we can develop a plan for assisting our community rather than just if something happened at our facility. Sure. And like I said, you hope uh, nothing like that ever happens again. But at least uh, if it does, it sounds like you guys will be in a, a better a better spot to handle it even better than you did uh, last time. But but I do appreciate you sell, uh, shelling, uh, excuse me, sharing your story with us and um, for telling us kind of what um, giving us a little preview into that session um, that you did there in Nashville. Uh, thanks for sharing that. Thanks for just uh, just the good work you guys did. I mean, that's that's not something that just any company would have done. So good for you guys for doing that. Thank you. She is Megan Makowski, the marketing manager at Mosaic Telephone in Wisconsin. And Megan, thanks for joining me. You're welcome. I'm your host, Andy Johns with Word South. And until we talk again, keep telling your story. You've been listening to Story Connect, the podcast, a production of Word South, a content marketing company.